did you just hear that? Yeah. Why did that just play? I didn't play that. I just pressed record. It says this meeting is being recorded by continuing to be in the meeting. You are consenting to be recorded. <laughs> do, you, do you consent to being recorded? I don't have a message like that. It's a government. It was a government. Damn. It said, it said, I mean, I saw a name and that name. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I can't believe it. We, for everyone Bill listening, Gates. for everyone listening before the pod, we had already decided, you know, obviously we've been gone for a little while. We've, we've evaded the globalist cabal. We've made amends with chef Jeff. We've made amends with everyone who's been hunting us. And we were back safely at the David Foster Wallace and Gromit headquarters. And now on the precipice of a new life, you know, a fresh start, a clean slate. Here we are harassed once again by Bill Gates and the NSA goons. Everyone, welcome to David Foster Wallace and Gromit. My name is Jared. With me as always is Steve. Here to discuss uh, David Foster Wallace's seminal classic Infinite Jest, as well as Culture at Large and uh, uh, a novella, a short story, even sometimes a novel of our choosing and, uh, you know, as, as our supplemental material. Uh, Steve, forgetting the, the misfortune that has just that has just befallen us here in media res. What are you thinking? How are you doing today? Oh boy. Turn up the, turn up the volume or the gain or something. Hey guys, we're back. I think that's about right. Everyone we're back. We could, we could, they couldn't pay us to stay away. We had to get this podcast off. Well, gang, they did try to pay us off. You know, they tried to keep us out of the, uh, out of the equation. Let's call it. In order to you, you know, in master mathematical terms or arithmetical terms, right? They they tried to keep us out, and uh, and we can't be kept out. We can't be kept away because uh, we're back, and and th- and we're here to stay, as well. And uh, you know, the powers that be, yeah, really really tried to do a number on us. Yeah, and uh, you know. I guess we now realize Chef Jeff was a scapegoat. And, yeah, I mean, very and, thankfully, we've we've patched things up with Chef Jeff. But Steve, I mean, you're talking about the powers that be trying to pay us off. Can I can I read for the people? I, I know we said we weren't going to do this. Can I read for the people a couple of the emails that they sent us trying to to entice us with various who's it's and what's it's? I mean, maybe maybe the fans ought to know. Okay, well, I have, I'm looking at an email here from seven days ago. This would have been when we were we were scheduled to last record, but we were in the process of moving from one of our many. Uh, discrete satellite recording studios to the, of course, uh, Dave Foster Wallace and Gromit headquarters here in Seattle, Washington. This is from one, you know, again, how, who's really behind the aliases, but this is from one Mrs. Yvonne Elizabeth. Uh, hello, I am known as Mrs. Yvonne Elizabeth Pira. I live in Germany. I am writing to you because I want to work with you as a partner to establish a charity foundation, which will benefit poor people in your country. I'm very sick and the doctors have said I may not survive the sickness. So I want to use my inherited money to help the poor people. If you're interested to assist, please reply urgently, urgently, Mrs. Yvonne. And uh, again, you know, we know a thing or two about these different aliases, about, uh, you know, what the globalist cabal and the NSA goons stand again. And of course, Mr. Billiam G himself stand to gain from our involvement in these supposed charitable causes in these supposed, you know, oh, we have we have ten point five million dollars to give to your to 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 put in your bank account to transfer to you. Um, you know, for whatever you see fit. And, you know, we've, we've wisened up to their schemes. Um, Absolutely. And let me just jump in there and say yeah, please that, do. 
you know, Mademoiselle or well, Mademoiselle mm-hmm. uh, Yvonne, or one could even say Frau Yvonne, uh, really, mm-hmm. really is as we can tell, trying is is trying to put a number, you know, do a number on us and really try and get us get us into her clutches. And right. I will say um, that is sick, as she, you know, to use her words. That is a very sick thing to do. And I don't mean the cool kind of sick that kids, you know, that skateboarders use. Right. I'm talking about sick as in uh, diseased. And that, that it is the disease that is following us. It is the global plague. Uh, and that is, the, you know, that is the anti-DFWAG uh, lifestyle family conglomerate that is right. trying to silence us and is trying to put us out and used uh, Dr. Chef Jeff as a scapegoat. Uh, against us broke my legs yep. really made everything very difficult and we are back on track we are on right. the mend exactly and, uh, and and we're here to stay and that's a message for dr uh, mademoiselle yvonne frau, yep. frau ivan yeah, and frau that is ivan. something for her to keep in mind is that we are mm-hmm. back and even if you try and keep us keep us down for the count we will uh, you know, like a phoenix, we rise. We rise again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, here in the the David Foster Wallace and Gromit Industries War Room, we've we've been referring to this new batch of emails uh, from the NSA goons and the globalist cabal as a COVID twenty one, uh, representative of something that has become you know uh, all encompassing. You know, a, a new pandemic facing us in this in this new uh, you know free age. Um, I, in fact, I am looking at another email again, just the ways, the myriad ways in which they try to entice us, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, pretend to be, you know, X, Y, and Z, the myriad aliases and the ways in which they want to try to ensnare us once more. I'm looking at an email, uh, David Foster, Wallace and Gromit chat with 30,000 Russian and Ukrainian beauties. This is from uh, looking for love. Uh, I'm seeing an email here. It says view photos of Russian singles today at Russian date. Beautiful Russian women are waiting to meet you. Russian and Ukrainian beauties get started. Click here. And I mean, it's just so transparent, you know, they're trying to ply us with these 30,000 Russian and Ukrainian beauties. And, you know, do we, do they think we're stupid? Come on. We're back here. Like I said, we're back here analyzing the stats on project COVID-21 here in the David Foster Wallace and Gromit war room. Steve, what do you think about these 30,000 Russian and Ukrainian beauties? You know, You're beside yourself. I know I get I understand how tempting these 30,000 Russian and Ukrainian beauties are. I mean, that's why we have to stay strong in the face of the NSA goons and globalist cabal. Absolutely. And maybe you can share a little bit because you are more so of the resident expert, but maybe you can share a little bit of insight in terms Mm -hmm. of the movements of anti-communism and keeping out the reds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if there's one thing we're terrified of here on the David Foster Wallace and Gromit podcast, and certainly here in Seattle's David Foster Wallace, if there's and one thing we're terrified of, it's the red is, menace. Is exactly is yeah is uh, is is uh, supposed business opportunities with thirty KGB uh, operatives, Rus- Russian yeah. and Ukrainian, but really what it is is exactly they're they are KGB operatives, and they will be disguised as uh, our our beautiful Russian business partners. Or yeah. Ukrainian business partners, mm-hmm. when in fact, uh, this is and this we see this we already see this right all the time. We know the time. we know from the statistics because we are stat heads mm-hmm. that that uh, 
if I'm not mistaken, a couple of our one star reviews come from uh, Russia, in fact. And this exactly. could very yeah. well coincide with these, uh, yeah, these agent agent operatives chaos operatives take, yeah absolutely yeah. Try, yeah. <laughs> trying to take down the david foster wallace and gromit family lifestyle which is which is something we're rebranding to which is something we're very proud of yeah and uh they are trying to take down the the, the free the free community the free press of... yeah of, of david foster wallace and gromit i mean look we've Absolutely. been a, we've been a lifestyle community. brand for for some time now between the uh between baseballstats.com our various business ventures our collaborations and the trend report and uh Absolutely. you know here in the war room when we think about the the efforts to thwart uh this lifestyle movement on behalf of covid 21 parentheses the red menace um chilling truly chilling uh, i do have one more email um and this is of course from uh backo broker portal um Subject line, partner with us. We are recruiting brokers for Backo Capital Partners. After successfully financing over US $1 billion in cross-border transactions, we've now launched a partnership program. We offer funding to startups slash existing businesses and projects at a minimum rate of 1.5% annually. Here's a short overview of our offerings. We are currently recruiting agents that will extend our services locally. Salary structure is commission-based with a broker fee of 5%. Requirements. Must be a legal resident in the country of residence. Cannot be a felon convicted of any type of any type of financial crime. It is not mandatory to have a broker license. Note, it is a remote job. Applicants can work from home. Now, I mean, again, how transparent can you be? It's just so obvious. It's just so you know, obvious. Let me just let me go out on a limb here and say yeah, I go don't ahead. trust it. Yeah. I don't trust it. I not as far as I can throw it. <laughs> not not even. You know, when I think about the Absolutely. oh, the backo partnership program. Okay, what are we saying? $1 billion in cross-border transactions. Oh, cross-border transactions. I mean, they are, they're rubbing it in our face. It's directly referential of our work with not only Operation Greenland and the sort of Faroe Isle, uh, uh, D Denmark connection, as well as the Netherlands, Romania, Dracula Symposium, and some of the work that we were doing in spite of and in rebellion against the NSA goons, William Gates himself, and, uh, and those who, who seek to do us harm. And and Baco, as we know, I mean, this is this is an anagram. This is this is something we've come across before. B A C O, Bill and Company. Bill exactly. And Co. Yep. And we've seen it before. We're old timers. You can't fool us. You can't, you, you know, you can't squeeze this one by us because no. we know what's going on. We can see what's going on through our peripherals. Uh, we do have three hundred and sixty vision uh, in all out of all three of our eyes, and so mm -hmm. to think that. That some of these, you know, some of these scoundrels, hooligans, and and swindlers are are mm -hmm. out there, yep. really trying to do a number on us. Exactly, really does indicate the the forces that we are up against. Not only us, but those who are listening. Yeah, and those who are listening should realize that this goes a lot farther than than you and me and and uh, you, whoever's listening. Um, it goes greater and beyond. And this mm -hmm. is something, you know, I'll just give a little teaser into some of our some of our newest uh, our newest segments. But this could be connected oh, sure. to global okay. warming. Right. You know, this could well, be... or our efforts in global cooling, as we've as we've explained. Absolutely. Yeah. This very well could be connected to uh, the Chiquita Corporation. Right. This could be very well connected to Monsanto and the Del Monte scandal that we are uh, unfortunately far too intimately familiar with currently and, embroiled in, uh, yeah. absolutely and so uh these are things to keep in mind when listening to this podcast is this isn't just about uh having fun 
Right. Uh, this is about the real the real problems. Yeah, I mean, we get emails all the time that we you know we don't read because we simply won't stomach that kind of hate mail. But um, accusing us of of using our platforms as public intellectuals to just further the agenda of the coastal elite intelligentsia, and really what it comes down to is we're not just public intellectuals. We are dangerous men with dangerous ideas and uh, dangerous ideas that stand in the face and in rebellion of the globalist cabal. And we will not be silenced for our dangerous ideas. And uh, I, you know, I think we've we've explained it before, but this is certainly a, a freedom of speech type podcast. Um, and one that we are doing uh, through staunch opposition of both the last administration and the current one, as well as some of the, uh, the uh, again, chaos operators uh, that work within it. Um, Steve, I do have an email here actually from Chef Jeff from a longtime and, you know, longtime uh, fan of the show listener, someone we have a rich history with and someone who is now, of course, uh, a member of our, let's call it global network of David Foster Wallace and Gromit operatives. Uh, let me go ahead and share the screen with you so you can get a sense of what we got going on over here. Okay. This is an email from Chef Jeff. Uh, here he is. We were looking at the subject line, promo code DANK, summer vibe for 50% off. Now, of course, this is in reference to the Spray Bernay product offering and the uh, Capotain hats. The Capotain hats that we will be rolling out eventually. Um, I really for... do love the uh, I really do love the tip of the hat to our... <laughs> yeah. Do you love this? What Chef Jeff has included, and I'll explain this for the listeners, is uh, a photo of us at the last, um, re I mean, of course, we've, we've been here in the uh, David Foster Wallace and Gromit permanent headquarters, satellite headquarters, uh, or, or sorry, we were, we've left the satellite headquarters and are now in the permanent headquarters again in Seattle, Washington. And the photo that Chef Jeff has sent us, um, it's titled Eat My Butt Marky M PDF, uh, of course, referencing some of the libelous accusations leveled against Mark McGrath. But um, it's a photo of the three of us from the last time we were all together, just after the move here to the permanent headquarters when we invited Chef Jeff back into the fold uh, of us holding hands with Chef Jeff uh, on the dock of the bay, as it would be, uh, as we as we explained before with the spray Bernay. Dock of the bay with the spray Bernay, uh, Chef Jeff, just the three of us having a great time. Steve, what do you think of this image that, that Chef Jeff has sent us? You know, it brings back good memories of that time where we, uh, you know, we met up and made amends with the, sh the good chef himself. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know, I appreciate uh, all the attention to detail. There is a, a very nice highlight to the spray Bernay from Ocean Spray, which is exactly. something. Yeah. It's an opportunity that we're very excited about, and that is something that is is up and launched live starting May first. Uh, so, if uh, you listening have the chance to go check that out, that is OceanSpray.com/dfwag to get 50 percent off. Yeah. Uh, and you can use also additionally the promo code uh, Dank Summer Vibes, and that is really a fantastic opportunity and uh you know we appreciate the the collaboration with chef jeff and yeah. the the myriad of brainstorming sessions we've had with the good chef uh in order to develop the product lines that we have and i can just tell you guys that are listening we've got some some really fun ones coming up soon and i think you guys are going to like it yeah let me just tell you spray bernay for me is is just the beginning it's just that the is, beginning yeah, don't give them too much. Now. Don't the give them too much now. But remember, okay. Uh, okay. use our code. Uh, it's it's uh, oceanspray.com/dfwag promo code OK4May or O4M, and uh, that's going to benefit us directly. And this is sort of a partner program that we've established with Ocean Spray. And if you want to help uh, Chef Jeff exclusively in the field, that's why he threw his little plug out there. Using code Dank Summer Vibe for that same fifty percent off. That's going to be going. That kickback will be going directly to him. That's going to help him in some of his more transient nomadic efforts on behalf of the David Foster Wallace and Gromit Industries conglomerate uh, as he 
like we do here, uh, stands to to lash out and rebel against the globalist cabal. And uh, you know, any funds raised, of course, uh, benefit that directly. Uh, same with our our NFTs through OpenSea.io. Uh, remember to check out the David Foster Wallace and Gromit bail fund. It's now sort of the uh, resistance fund, the David Foster Wallace and Gromit resistance fund, moving Absolutely. into uh, 2021, the rest of 2021. Um, Steve, I want to talk a little bit about actually while we're while we're being so candid with the listeners. Um, you know, we've, ex- we've explained a little bit what's going on, where we've been and where we're going. Um, you know, and again, gone are the days of, oh, we Operation Orangeland Greenland, uh, the Dracula Symposium. I mean, this is no longer a, a, a political turmoil podcast. This is sort of a, you know, we've returned, like I said, to to more literary focus um, here at the Dave Foster Wallace and Garment headquarters. And as part Absolutely. of that, I want to I give a deep apology to all the longtime listeners, to your, specifically your Damon Monies, your Skibs, your Abner Abdeels. Uh, people who have Dr. been with David us, Del Monte. You're Dr. David Del Monte's. People who have been with us from the very beginning, and of course, Gustavo, people who've been with us from the very beginning, because um, I've noticed, you know, uh, recently, oh. we, we've talked about this a lot, but recently my feud with Apple has come to a formal end. Uh, they have updated our analytics. They have accepted us back onto the platform, back with open arms. Um, me and Tim Apple, we patch things up. And, uh, you know, I, I, w- I received some troubling news. I saw that our listenership uh, down 47% over the past 60 days. I saw that our conversion wow. rate of actual people who went from clicking on an episode to listening to more than five minutes. I mean, I think the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, retention rate, as it would be, was something like 30% of people who started an episode listening through to the whole thing. And wow. um, it, hurts. Commitment problems it hurts. These days. It hurts. Yeah, real lack of commitment on behalf of the listenership. So I'm disappointed I mean, in our, our Dutch yeah. family, our Romanian family. Well, but here's the thing, you know, I, I, for that, I wouldn't apologize, but I will apologize for a couple things that might've been a benefit, uh, a contributing factor rather one, the globalist cabal, you know, we Absolutely. don't know. We don't know if the signals even been getting out. We release, I mean, look, uh, people who listen, know we listen, we re- we release what four episodes every a day. week. Yeah, sometimes every day, sometimes for a week. We try to keep it to a, an absolute minimum for a week. I read I read one book per day. We're cranking these we, out, and we record it. Uh, I mean, look, you're you're listening so. to people who Time Magazine called the hardest working podcasters in the biz. And uh, if these episodes haven't been getting out to people, if people are only listening to, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, at the verge of panicking myself, uh, one episode a week, maybe one episode every two weeks then there's something wrong. Someone's jamming the signal and it's got to be those KGB chaos agents. They've got to be jamming the signal and making it so listeners can't hear what we've got to say. You know, they're probably the same ones behind the one-star ratings. It uh, See, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking it could be the KGB. It could be the KGB working in tandem with Baco or Baco, which is Bill and Yvonne. B-A-C-O. Yeah, Frau Yvonne and Baco, yeah. Yeah, Mademoiselle Yvonne. Mademoiselle. In any case. Mm Mm-hmm. We need retention. Yes. We need those numbers up. We need the numbers to skyrocket. Yes. So if you've made it this far into the episode and you're thinking about clicking that red X, let me tell you, KGB will come knocking on your door if you do. So I would be very, very careful. Hold on now. KGB come knocking at their door, giving them a $500 cash prize saying, thank you so much for turning off that podcast. But don't don't be fooled into thinking that we don't have operators in the field as well, that Chef Jeff won't become, that you won't, you press that red X, you press stop on that podcast. You hear a little at the window. Who's that? You turn around, you see a shadowy figure going like this, being a little peeping Tom at your window and it's none other than Chef Jeff. And that chef's hat, it's he's soaked. 
it's pouring down rain. It's pouring down rain. And he has his hook hand and he's tapping on the window. And it could be worse than a peeping Tom. It could be a peeping Tim as in Dr. Tim Apple. Exactly. Yeah. If you think that we don't have Tim Apple and Chef Jeff, look, we got to keep our hands clean. I'm of sound body and mind. You know, my conscience is clear. My third eye is open. I am resolute. I am strong in 20 money one, but don't think that there aren't people handling our business for us. Absolutely. As public intellectuals and dangerous minds, we have people on the payroll that can do that bidding for us now, but here's the other thing. And Steve, this guy will rain fire. I don't, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but what if the listenership is down because of friends of the podcast we've invited on who have not lived up to the public intellectual standard that we have set? For our listeners, what if friend of the pod, Jordan, what if friend of the pod, Carl, you know, people hear them and they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I simply cannot bear one more person on this podcast. I simply cannot bear to hear anyone other than Jared and Steve. And they hit that, they hit that stop button. You know, I will say the pattern, the pattern is pretty uh, convincing in terms of when the listenership went down. However, I would I will not be so quick sure. to shift the blame from those sure. we know in the sphere of public intellectualism. Yeah. And you know, sort to of cafe the, society. Absolutely. To shift yeah. the blame from cafe society a la sweet Paris, a la parlez vous francais. A la into, bonjour and bonsoir. Uh, bon chéri. Bon, bonjour, bonsoir, bonsoir, soir, and also bon, bon chéri. Uh, I w- I wouldn't dare to shift the blame from those we know, no, or to those we know from the globalist uh, cabal, BACO Backo. and KGB. I've got two words for you, KGB, Backo, KGB Backo, KGB Yvonne, Backo. The premier. I mean, look, everyone knows the, that uh, Backo is. <laughs> I mean, look, if he thinks that we don't have the whole dossier on him, one of the premier suppliers of those 30,000 Russian and Ukrainian women. Um, and Microsoft no, yeah, I, products. I, and Microsoft products. No, I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to put the blame on, on our good friends, Carl and Jordan. Um, but I just have to wonder. I have to wonder if maybe people weren't ready, you know? If, we, if maybe we are not the targeted individuals we fancy ourselves, maybe people just weren't ready for that surplus of intellectualism. That, that cutting, that hard-hitting uh, analysis of both Khalil Gibran's The Prophet Absolutely. and, and Borges' uh, uh, Lottery and, lottery lottery and, and Babylon. Babylon. Yeah. And maybe they just weren't ready. It, it could very well be one of those classic examples of over-intellectualizing oh. uh, an episode of a podcast, which is sort of your classic textbook uh social sure. faux pas yeah pod, over- the podcaster's plight is what they call it tpp yeah tpp is something we're very familiar with over at dfwag um absolutely yeah and i just want to piggyback on that and that is you know the, yeah. the podcaster's plight is something we have uh dealt with on a large scale as mm-hmm. with you know the beautiful minds in in the Hollywood sphere, the Hollywood scene, and all the wonderful podcasts that come out of uh, Hollywood, for example. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and so I really, that's I, something. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate. Ahead. I really appreciate the PB on the TPP that you're giving, uh, especially when it comes to the Hollywood podcast, the HPs. Um, 
and absolutely. Uh, I mean, as absolutely. people who are kind of on the HP periphery, uh, sure, and, and again sure. regarding this TPP, um, I, I just have to say that you know we will not we will not stop with the hard hitting intellectualist critique. The IC, um, exactly the IC, the HHIC, um, as PIs ourselves, public intellectuals, uh, trusted public intellectuals, TIPs. Um, Absolutely. We can't be stopped. It's it's very important. It's it is integral uh, to to who we are, and certainly it is antithetical to um, to 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 deliver to our dear listeners, our DLs, uh, anything other than scathing, hard hitting intellectualist critique. S H H I C. Steve, Absolutely. your thoughts? Yeah, we can't. You know, we have to keep the standard as high as it can be, and our our standard is as high as the heavens, and mm-hmm. we can't fall to the standard of. Uh, what I like to call HWC, which is hogwash content. And right. we, definitely, we definitely have to be keeping the standard uh, extremely high, as we do. Yeah. And if it, I suppose if this is too much uh, to listen to, uh, then, then, uh, then this is how it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we will be, we, our first, uh, you know, we talked about uh, before, but our first excuse me, our first shirts that we run with as part of our, uh, our sovereign merch effort will say, you know, David Foster Wallace and Gromit, uh, you know, <clears throat> PI, and then like a little slash TPP. Basically, we're just going to run through all the acronyms, all the acronyms that Absolutely. our listenership is so familiar with. And then on the back, of course, we have one of those classic five-star reviews, just so that people can walk around and really be a, a beacon of uh, intellectualism and, and analysis in their day-to-day life. You know, um, I just want the I want to make sure we have the acronym on there FL and that's for family lifestyle and it's something Yeah, we, or maybe DFL, NDFL, New Dutch Family Lifestyle 2020. New Dutch Family Lifestyle, absolutely. We could make a, yeah. a bright orange t- uh, t-shirt and really you know, really stand out a nice neon orange to to contrast all the all the gray in in this world. Yeah, maybe a tote bag with that photo of you and I and Chef Jeff. And then on the backside, it says uh, Spray Bernay for May or Spray Bernay, okay for May, David Foster Wallace and Gromit. Well, now I definitely like it. I wouldn't mind having the ocean spray, uh, uh, Ollivander Ocean on there, you know, uh, you know, sort of like a logo mascot type deal. I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. Yeah. So actually, you know what? If if Chef Jeff is listening right now, maybe you go back into your archives from wherever you might be currently, and uh, and secure that photo of the three of us with Owen and Oleander Ocean Spray and their their Ocean Spray Mobile, the spray the spray mobile, uh, spray burning mobile. So if you could actually secure that image and send that our way for the next episodes, we can share that with everyone. Really appreciate that. Or go ahead and print it on a print it on a tote bag, print it on a t shirt. Otherwise, I think maybe just a, a couple of shirts, a couple runs with just uh, those five star reviews is gonna is gonna do the body good. Anyway, uh, Steve, I think we've talked enough about you know operatives, in intellectualism. I think what we need to talk about is what we read last week for our supplemental material, our supplemental uh, reading material. Um, well, I read that- it today, frankly, because I've been reading one book per day. Oh well, of course, of course, of course, my mistake. Uh, normally what I like to do is I batch them out, you know, I see. Yeah. We'll say what we're going to, we'll announce in advance, obviously what we're reading for the week and we'll allow people a chance. You know, I go on Twitter, I go on our, our, uh, okay. So you're, you're sort of 
in in the HP kind of exactly world. when I when I go um when I go on the David Foster Wallace and Gromit Instagram Twitter LinkedIn mm-hmm. Facebook Friendster OnlyFans when I announce what the reading selection for the month is going to be one per day I'll go ahead and I'll take like two days sure. I'll take two days I'll read all of them cover to cover to cover to cover to cover I'll make myself a big pot as I have today of a nice uh home picked home cut mint tea. Uh, and unfortunately, sure. unfortunately, whoa, don't, whoa, don't tell anyone. Uh, it is hot. It is not an iced mint tea because it is a uh, overcast muggy day here in Seattle at the Dave Foster Wallace and Garment Industries headquarters. Uh, but I'll make, I'll make myself a big pot. And, uh, and I'll just go ahead and read those 30 or 31 books sometimes. Whoa, February 28 books. And, uh, sure. and I'll sure. just lock them in, you know, I'll lock them in the mind palace. And then when each day comes and we're announcing for the Absolutely. following day, we're reading this, we're reading this, we're reading that. Anyway, you know, I don't want to get too into the weeds with everyone, but we did focus on uh, this month's in celebrity, Roger Rabbit. Okay. And uh, what better way to put the spotlight on Roger than with uh, Who Censored Roger Rabbit by Gary K. Wolf? One of the, I, I say this in complete sincerity, one of the weirdest fucking books we've read for this podcast. A real anomaly. Steve, what did you. <laughs> I, I want to hear what you want to. I want to hear what you thought of this, but then I, I think it would behoove us to talk a little bit about the movie if you remembered it. I watched it the other day. To, uh, okay, well I'll talk about the movie a little bit, but uh, I don't I don't watch movies. Sure, sure, it's beneath Digi- you. Digital digital art forms uh, are are not welcome in, right in in my brain. You're sort of an analog guy. You like to feel the texture of the paper. You like to get the smell of the book. Absolutely, I have sure. a series of braille books as right uh, yeah yeah i'm not sure if if anyone anyone else is aware but my run-ins with chef jeff and and baco uh organ the organization the corporation uh-huh uh did leave me uh did leave my depth perception in terms of in terms of being able to see my depth perception is a bit wonky so i do i do sure. use i do read braille books uh, with my eyes, but I have to hold them very close in order to see the words. Exactly. The braille, exactly. braille words. Um, Roger I mean, Rabbit. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Gary K. Wolf's first Roger Rabbit book, because there are three of these, apparently. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, I should jump in by saying, you know, Gare Bear is really in his element with this one, and that is... Uh, that is the the who censored Roger Rabbit. Right. It. I'll give a quick rundown. It takes place in uh, a, a amalgamation of yeah of what what are humans and also slang known as tunes in in a kind of hybrid. Those of you who aren't familiar with the films or any of the content surrounding the Roger Rabbit franchise. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a cartoon character slash human world, Toontown. Well, it's, and in, of it's in they, LA. Toontown's like, it's... LA Toontown. Yeah, it's a play on Chinatown, obviously. Ah. Did you not piece that together? Nope. No, because this is supposed to be a parody of any other like hard-boiled detective novel, and there is no hard-boiled, there is no like archetypal okay. hard-boiled detective story outside of Chandler than uh, the movie Chinatown with Jack Nicholson. 
and that's the idea here is that, you know, Eddie Valiant is like, I don't, you know, I don't work Toontown. You know, you couldn't pay me to set foot. It's the same. It's the sort of trope of like, oh, we don't go over there, you know? Sure. Sure. Okay. In any case, okay. yeah, it, it, uh, it stars the, the uh, private eye, Eddie Valiant, and yeah. follows the misadventures of Eddie Valiant and Roger Rabbit, mm -hmm. as we know from the title. Yeah. who is, in case those of you haven't, uh, who, who are familiar, have, haven't guessed, or have guessed, uh, is a cartoon character rabbit, right? Yeah. They can't use licensed uh, Warner Brothers, thanks to Warner Brothers for sponsoring this episode, by the way. They can't use licensed Warner Brothers uh, intellectual property, a la Bugs Bunny, but they instead use, uh, or, I mean, Gare Bear, uh, Gerber Wolf is using Roger Rabbit as this uh, as the the main tune. So basically, we follow their misadventures first, beginning with a uh, a series of let's let's say what is it litigation like contract law. Uh, Roger Rabbit hires our human Eddie Valiant. Yeah. Uh, to investigate these seemingly this kind of brother tandem that is in control of the, in yeah. this case, Hollywood kind of films, human tune film world. The, the uh, Degreasy brothers. I, I think it's actually important. I don't want to, I don't want to stop you, but it is important to note that like Bugs Bunny does exist in the, in this world. A number of high profile cartoons yeah, are that, name dropped. Yeah, yeah, like you're Roger right, Rabbit's you're right. career is based around him getting work that Bugs Bunny didn't take, and then right. there's like Dick Tracy is a major character. Yeah, yeah I bungled um, that, but no, it's fine. But then also like the uh, an important note for the book for people who have seen the movie with tunes, they're they're basically just people, but they're cartoons and they're animal ones, and they're I mean it's it's a Disney movie, so it's they're pretty familiar. Everyone knows about these sort of cartoons, but they are operating under the assumption of like. What, how do I how do I want to say this animated movie cartoons whereas in the book in who censored Roger Rabbit they're comic strip cartoons so mm. the way it works is these are all characters who speak in speech bubbles some have trained themselves to speak out loud but most of them speak in speech bubbles silently they're very animated speech bubbles they they take on you know feelings and and characteristics of their own and then the way that these uh, comic strips work like what the degreasies are producing are photographs of tunes in these situations acting out these things with the comic bubbles automatically above them and like dick tracy speaks out loud jessica rabbit speaks out loud um it's a very it's a very different world but it's also pitched as one that's much seedier the tune industry is something that like valiant's trying to stay away from at all costs yeah yeah but then you know go on, i mean you know go on talk tell tell the good people about there how eddie gets involved in this damn plot I'm, I'm spinning around between the, the you're, you're absolutely right, comic strip characters. That's what the DeGreasy brothers are. Mm -hmm. I'm, getting, I'm getting spun around by uh, between the book and the movie, which I haven't seen. You haven't seen the movie? Well, I mean, I have just a long time ago, but I was, yeah, yeah, it, not was, it was sort of a goof for the... Yeah. Well, no, not since you became... Yeah, not since you've become since this became, person who right, right, enlightened, absolutely. opened your third eye on and on and on. Absolutely. Um, Maybe, maybe in in an effort to not spoil it for anyone out there, we should just sure you know 
not not go too deep into the, the plot just maybe yeah some that's highlights. that's yeah it's probably a good idea yeah um i mean the the without spoiling it you okay over there the <laughs> the the essence or the idea of the story is very scattered maybe let's just jump right into sure. opinions as well like yeah, themes what what i thought going through it i mean it it is akin to excuse me the the books of the works of raymond chandler as sure. well classic in, noir in, yeah in the sense that it is back and forth i mean it's very quick cut back mm -hmm. and forth fairly short book but a lot of chapters because you're going Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Eddie Valiant is your main character. He's your perspective. And he's kind of... Do this, do, see do, that. Do, 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 do. Exactly. Right. So he goes there. He goes here. You know, Roger follows him. Okay, whatever. They have a conversation. Next. Move on. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, so it does have that... There's there's a familiarity there. But as, as we've mentioned already, the subject matter in and of itself is much different Although the, it is, you know, the trope or the, what it's supposed to be representing maybe is relatable or clear or something like mm -hmm. that. However, we want to describe it perhaps Yeah. of, of what the tunes actually are, you know? Right. And we'll, we'll definitely and, get into that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily to say that it's, it's something specific, but the, the tunes are this kind of outcasted um no not outcast they're they're definitely representative yeah. of a of a clear social and cultural other because keep in mind so at okay. first when you're Maybe when you're reading it, it yeah well because like the they're it's a blanket term it's not at, at no point is it like oh uh tunes are a proxy for um because it takes place in the 80s it's like oh tunes aren't they're not a proxy for black people they're not a proxy for uh, Asian people. They're not a proxy for any any distinct ethnic group. They're, although there is one really weird section. Uh, we'll talk about the Persian Delhi thing in a second. I, I want to circle back to that because that was one of the weirdest parts of the book. The, the con, you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, as far as, as far as the, the tune topic, yeah, it's, it's convoluted. Well, I, I necessarily, I didn't necessarily, uh, take it in in that sense well, per no, se let me, let me go crazy with that okay. for a second because okay. i'm saying it's none it's no, it isn't a distinct group that it's representative of but it's clearly representative of some sense of other because you have this idea of like oh there are the tune neighborhoods he talks about the desegregated mixed neighborhoods he talks about he has these weird you know takes on like oh realtors will look at a tune neighborhood and call it progress these kind of like very spiteful anti-tune sentiments then he'll talk about, oh, you know, sports, sports these days are, you know, 70% of, of, uh, of sports teams, of football teams are all, it's all uh, a roster stocked with tunes, you know, uh, tunes are, they're taking over sports and then traditionalists like myself, you know, can't stand it. And these weird sort of remarks like that about tunes in the industry as being less than this weird sort of second rate citizen mentality. I mean, the, the way the book plays with, yeah, here we go. I have a quote here about the, the Rams. So the Rams won 14 to 12 and they awarded the game ball to Priscilla Gorilla, which is a, uh, in the book of fictional cartoon gorilla, toon gorilla who plays for the, at the time, I guess the LA Rams, uh, and said, and a million guys on a million bar stools mourned another fallen tradition. 
And, uh, you know, this is what the politicians downtown call social progress. And it's weird reading this because at a certain point, it feels like he's talking about tunes in tandem with the way he talks about like a changing Los Angeles, because that's a major theme too, is like the modernization of Los Angeles, that Eddie Valiant, that the private detective agency that he works within and his or his practice, and even the cartoon um, strip kind of industry is anachronistic, that the modernized Los Angeles is leaving all sure. this in the dust. But you can only sympathize with it so much because it's also addressed with like his resentments for tunes in general, for, for them in his neighborhood, for them around him. And then, you know, and like I said, the entire time you're thinking, oh, it's this sort of otherism, but it, it is very bitter and resentful. It's kind of like that sort of strange nebulous racial theme in uh, Farewell My Lovely, although that is a little more defensible as being a product of its time, not like 1985. And then you have this whole weird kind of interstitial C plot where he's trying to get this uh, uh, ancient tea kettle <laughs> translated by these guys at the Persian deli who he keeps calling, talking about them being stinky, talking about the them eating uh, camel yeah. and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here? It's not, I mean, here's the other thing. It's not a fucking kid's book. It obviously became Who Framed Roger Rabbit Disney movie. And the movie is far, it's vastly different. But the book reads yeah, yeah, like- the movies. Yeah, the movie's a kid's book. Far and away. Yeah. Uh, or or yeah. at least uh, approaching. Whereas this yeah. reads like YA, but a a- YA pastiche of of old detective novels with extremely uh suggestive <laughs> suggestive and and embittered and kind of like uh, it's just very dark themes but not presented really in an adult way so it's kind of like is it mm. is it a bad detective novel where the author is showing too much of his hand and you don't want to see it or is it a parody and if it's a parody, why is it so bitter? <laughs> why is it so angry? And, um, and, and and also, why why is it so uh, for a parody? Why is it so nuanced? Right. Perhaps? I mean, should we talk about Sid Slees and what a de a dense character that is to unpack? I mean, maybe since we're discussing all of the kind of all of the things to be aware of when going into reading uh, this book yeah maybe it's worthwhile mentioning kind secret of stereotypes that bizarre are packed in Sid Slees. yeah i mean just kind of you know shoehorned yeah very very bizarre yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and discuss the sleaze bit. Well, I was going to say before even that, it, it, I was just thinking about this. It's weird looking at all the characters because um, Eddie, Eddie's painted in the end to be this sort of, uh, you know, moral paragon because he took Roger's case, even though he knew, you know, spoilers for everyone out there. Sorry. Even though he knew Roger was actually the killer. He was he was like, I but I'll I'll defend, you know, I'll defend you. I'll set and you'll figure this out. And the ways in which Robert or Roger is in the story and is also dead in the story is too convoluted to really get into this. It's a pretty thin element of the story, but um, you know, Jessica yeah, rabbit, the, the doppelganger, the thing. doppelganger thing's oh, weird. Wait. It's, it seemed like a cop out um, or not. I mean, against the first one of these books, I just don't really understand how this got optioned for a movie. Um, but no, so like Jessica rabbit 
in the the movie is uh her morality never comes into question she's she's roger's foil she's his uh faithful and and dutiful wife and then she's she's you know uh, like a sex symbol and it's just kind of like a comedic element of it while also being uh, one of the mm-hmm. like central heroes of the movie um sure in in Whereas the book here, much more ooh. sexualized way more sexualized somehow despite it being a book way more sexualized uh a, I mean, an ex an ex porn star yeah exactly yeah, a subject star of and um adult entertainment well and then also like much more villainous <laughs> Um, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, not, yeah. but not in a Chandler way. That's, what's weird is that it doesn't feel like a rip or a parody of a Chandler thing. It's this, or uh, again, or this is a proxy for Pulp Noir. It's this much stranger dynamic of like, oh, she, some characters say she was reluctant. She was forced into uh, pornography or she was reluctant in some way. And then some are saying, no, she was all about it. And she wanted to get back in and said, rejected her. And it's like, her sexuality is the only aspect of her character, her, her venom and her sexuality. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that it it only matters, I guess. I mean, in the even Carol scene. Masters ended up being a villain, kind of well. a, a grifter, a, a grifter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. These two characters on on their own, it's it's weird to have two female characters. They're both central villains, but weirder when you consider that the big bad at the very top of the whole thing, or one of them, cartoons is cartoons. People who have tunes who have found a way to convince others that they're human which that's a right. lot to unpack. We can't even really, I don't even want to begin to touch that. Uh, yeah. And then the character of Sid Sleaze, who is actually Sid Baumgartner, who uh, is walked in on this uh, very openly Jewish pornographer who's walked in on uh, in, in women's clothes. And he's like, oh, it's not for my benefit. It's in, a no in one drag. Can- yeah. yeah, in and drag. Cue, and it's like- Cue a very, very- uh, kind of bizarre sequence regarding that conversation and yeah and like i said as i described my my initial description of it's very snapshotty it's very boom 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 yeah it's hard to keep track it's hard to unpack everything it's well and there's just... some things you just don't want to unpack <laughs> like i i jotted down do you remember the pilgrim thing yeah yeah, I jotted down that because it's like in the fiction of this book, there were the European settlers who came to America, but there were no Native Americans. There were toons already living there. The Native Americans, right. the indigenous population in the Roger Rabbit world were uh, two, two, two Native Americans. And they had the first Thanksgiving that way. And it's like, I again, it's like the... It's like the tunes pretending to be human, knowing everything we know about how Gary Wolf has designed the tune identity. And it's like, I don't even want to, I don't really want to get, I don't, what the fuck are you trying to, so what are you saying with this book, man? It's weird. It's so weird that this became a movie. It's so weird that I Disney mean, was like, hell yeah, we love a movie, it. Though. No, right. This, this didn't, this didn't was become a movie. Highly... They, licensed, they yes. licensed basically three names, Jessica, Jessica Rabbit, Roger Rabbit and Eddie Valiant, and that's it. Everything that's it. else is different. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, All, the movie's I mean, cool as shit. The movie's great. Yeah, no, everything's different. Well, because also in the movie, it's man, I just <laughs> it's just so strange. Um, I mean, I don't know. Into, okay, let's just talk about style. Let's talk about style and maybe who this is for. Also, I, by the way, I do want to I do want to mention the original yeah. book cover. If you read this. Uh-huh. Buy a PDF or whatever. Look at the original book cover. Like it's also 
super bizarre. It's that like very, very dark backdrop. Oh, with like a live rat, like a furry suit rabbit. Yeah, like a big furry suit rabbit looking at Eddie Valiant as if it's kind of a mirror shot and they're looking at each other like a mi- like they're looking in a mirror. Yeah. And it's and- this super bizarre <laughs> like original cover and I guess it was yeah. intentional and there's a, even on the Wikipedia page there's something about the cover like the original cover and if well, they the, changed it and whatever the and author ex- is in it. Gary Wolf is the guy. Right, he's Eddie Valiant. Yeah. So okay, well then let's take that. Okay, so okay, if if Roger it's, Rabbit it's is sort of wild. the is the alternate identity or sort of a, a dark mirror of the character of Eddie Valiant, and the character of Eddie Valiant is a clear, Gary K. Wolf, a clear proxy for Gary K. Wolf, a thinly veiled proxy for Gary K. Wolf, then is this not his? And knowing what we know about tunes in this world and the way that Gary sees them, is this not his like manifesto? Well, I mean, you know what I mean, but not if Roger Rabbit is the mirror of Eddie Valiant, the tune mirror. Of well, Eddie no, because I'm saying that the tune mirror of Eddie Valiant is this like villainous conniving rabbit. And Eddie, Eddie is doing his best or this car- Gary is doing his best to evade the darkness within in himself, the darkness that he rep- is representing by or representing through rather, excuse me, um, uh the other otherism in society which is like what the hell does that what does that mean um i don't know uh i don't know if i could really recommend this book other than just like a sociological study it's fat it's so weird to read it's so strange it's not necessarily a fun read because again it feels like ya yeah it's uh, but and at the same time it is tricky to follow it's scattered it's you know it's nuts yeah it's real loony it's pretty loony. It is loony. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, who do you think something like this would be for? I have no idea. I would say maybe. I mean, look, if I if I knew if I was a third party and knew you and I, I would probably recommend this book just on the face value of like, oh, it's weird. You should check out this weird thing. If you're interested in a weird thing that you can read in like two hours, I would say check it out. That's true. But I think it's really important to know these things going in kind of like what we did with with reading Chandler where we knew some of the you know uh I guess now anachronistic uh prejudices and and what hard-boiled fiction looks like what makes this again like I said an interesting study is that it was published in the 80s not that not that prejudice and stereotypes aren't evergreen in in society but it just feels so out of place in time and not in a way that is fun, not in a way that is a parody and not in a way that is an, uh, a send up, a, a literal or, or excuse me, not a literal, uh, a legitimate send up to hard boiled fiction. It feels very singular and maybe that's its weirdest quality. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I. Gary snapped on this one. We got to read two and three. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is something for any listeners that like pulp, yeah. noir, detective type stuff. I mean, but in that sense, it's not a detective story, right? No. So the actual case itself is like contract law. And then it kind of spirals out into this yeah i mean you mentioned well, like, the tea kettle it yeah. spirals into this just zane brain kind of asinine stuff. 
low stakes yeah low really yeah exactly low stakes like kind of weird like why does like why does eddie care so much yeah why doesn't eddie just go home and again i mean he i again maybe it's because eddie and roger are are they see each other in each other or they see themselves in each other and yeah. eddie is gary and Roger is a world that he's both embracing and complicit in and raging against, but it doesn't excuse what he seemingly thinks of the world if that's what he's raging against. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's not, I mean, you know what, that's what, what makes this book so weird is again, like I said, it's very singular and it's like ideology um, and it's presentation, but it also isn't fun to unpack because the yeah. deeper in you get, you get to know a little too much about Gary and I don't want to know that much about Gary um anyway it's it's wonky donkey that's for sure it's it's a it's loony and it's a little toony it's zany it's <laughs> wacky i don't know i don't i'm not gonna go so far as to say it's just regular racist um but it is just weird as shit and uh i wouldn't i wouldn't let me tell you right now if i bumped into gary in real life i'd have a couple of questions for him i'd say i i gotta know what your intention was here bud i i really wouldn't mind doing a deep dive into seeing if Gary Wolf ever did any interviews. Well, let's have him on the pod. Let's use our standing <laughs> as Time Magazine's podcasters podcaster and uh, right, you know, and, and reach out to him. I bet have we could honestly. Guest. If we if we actually wanted to, I guarantee I could shoot him an email and say like, "Hey, we do this literary podcast. Do you want to come on? We're going to talk about the sequel. Who plugged Roger Rabbit? Why don't you come on on? Guarantee. Pay him pay him like fifty bucks." Everyone, shoot us, an, shoot us an email at davidfosterwallaceandgromit at gmail.com if you want to have Gary K. Wolf on the podcast for a, a follow-up episode. That would be wild. Um, anyway, we've actually, can you believe this? We've run out of time this week to talk about uh, David Foster Wallace's seminal classic, Infinite Jest. But absolutely for, for everyone listening, we will be returning next week. Steve, what are we reading next week? We're going to be reading The Six Fingers of Time by R.A. Lafferty gonna give that a a try kind of the uh it's a well, short I can't remember story, what right? the what the movement was called yeah it's more of a short story how many pages yeah, are we looking at here i can't remember but maybe it was 20 or 30 okay okay so shorter but not and i'm sure these are like pdf pages right yeah yeah okay so yeah not too bad not too bad then yeah All so right. it's not not too long but we're gonna take a look at it it, oh, yeah. it should be should be pretty dense from what i know of r.a lafferty uh, though I haven't read this one, um, he also had some pretty uh, wild, hard to understand uh, type stuff. So the shorter, the sure. better in this case, in my opinion. Okay. But you know, let's just give it a try and and see what see what we can see. Okay. All right. Well, for everyone listening, be sure to uh, give us a five star rating on iTunes and uh, or Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify. Be sure to subscribe. Like I said, our listenership is down. We need that listenership back up. Uh, we want to hear from you. Shoot us an email, DaveFosterWallaceandGround at gmail.com. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.